Hey there, everyone. It is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 208. Now, as a lifelong student of armed and unarmed combat, I'm always on the lookout for new and exciting techniques and fighting systems that are based on reality versus a more traditional approach that, in my opinion, really fails to take into account the truth of what really happens in a violent attack on the street. And one fighting system in particular has found a way to take the most dynamic factor in an attack and use it to your advantage, regardless of how big, small, old, or young you are. And it's coming right up in this week's episode. And as usual, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free downloadable show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the most important material. You can grab it all right now, absolutely free, at www.mcsmagazine.com slash 208. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Real violence is chaos. Despite what you may see out there, defending against a determined aggressor when you're unarmed isn't going to look like the choreographed fight scenes from the latest Mission Impossible film or the you-do-this-then-I'll-do-that self-defense sequences practiced in about 95% of the traditional martial arts schools out there. Fighting is dynamic. It's unpredictable. And to survive, you'll need to be able to quickly improvise and adapt in order to, one, own the offense so your attacker is unable to launch his own strikes against you, two, know how and where to strike to create maximum damage, and three, deliver those strikes with explosive power and ruthless efficiency. Now, do all that, and you're practically guaranteed to walk away the victor. In today's episode, you're going to discover a unique fighting system whose training methodology is centered around generating and controlling explosive striking power, even in extreme close quarters environments to defeat any attacker in mere seconds so that you can extract yourself from the danger or face other aggressors. Sound like a tall order? Well, it's not, and it's all coming right up. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with us today is an instructor who's been on our network for a long, long time, actually probably since we started way back when. It's Lieutenant Colonel Al Rittenauer. Al, welcome back to the program, man. I, uh, thank you very much, Jeff. Um, thanks for welcoming me back to your program. Uh, I think the last time we spoke, I think I was a major in the Marine Corps at the time. So, you know, it was good to say that I got promoted, but it shows how long that we've kind of known each other. So thank you very much for inviting me back to the program. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've had you back on. I'm really excited because I think a lot of our people, like it's it's real. I'd like to get this kind of um like new types of techniques and systems that they're not aware of out there in front of people. I'm, I've been a big fan of your stuff for a long time. So, so listen, everybody, if you haven't seen any of the other work that we've done with um, with Al in the past, He's a retired Marine Corps commander and combat veteran who, even though he was an unarmed combatives instructor in the military, he discovered that a, a strange new fighting system was transforming real hand-to-hand warriors who seemed to be able to strike him at will with penetrating force, even though they were half his size. Now, this system was called Guided Chaos and was founded by John Perkins back in 1979 as an answer to the unrealistic techniques that were being taught to law enforcement and military that failed to hold up against the wild, dynamic street attacks by bigger, stronger aggressors. Now, Al's first thought was, if this works for them, it'll work for me. 
and he instantly began studying this unusual but powerful new fighting system, mastering its practical use against street and even battlefield violence, passing on his training to his troops when possible, as well as the police and civilian trainees who were seeking a more effective way to feel safe from violent attacks. Now, you can find out more about Al and the Guided Chaos training system over at www.guidedchaos.com. All right, Al, so when we're talking about your, the fighting system that, that, uh, that you have here, Guided Chaos, it's understandable why it's called Guided Chaos. I mean, it definitely looks chaotic. There's nonstop movement. It looks very different than what most people are used to seeing when it comes to, like, traditional martial arts or self-defense systems. So, so let's kind of give people just a kind of a, a synopsis intro of what's the benefit of this, like, this Guided Chaos, this unusual type movement and training system and why is it more effective than like a more traditional self-defense or martial arts approach? Yeah, thank you, Jeff. So the main thing that I want to get across to folks is that, you know, as we like to say, you know, a real fight is chaos. Real fights are chaotic, unpredictable, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the issues that John Perkins discovered, you know, and even a lot of us who had done a lot of traditional martial arts discovered over the years was a lot of things that we learned didn't feel natural. The movement wasn't, you know, flowing, so to speak, how a real fight is, you know, it wasn't dealing with the type of chaos. Um, many of the things that we were doing or learned how to do were contrived um, and it seemed to kind of place you in a box. And so within guided chaos, the biggest thing that we do is we try to train people to fight within the bodies that they already have. You know, we have this thing called proprioception, and I can talk even more about it later on, but, you know, our proprioception, we're born with it. It's, it's a tool that we already have that gives us the ability to be able to kind of sense where people are, perceive things, et cetera, et cetera. And so within our system, we train people within the body they have to learn how to move as natural as possible through a series of exercises and drills to kind of get people back to kind of the way we were moving when we were, you know, even little kids. I mean, if you remember when we were little kids, when you did things, you just did them. Now, there was no thought. I mean, probably, you know, when we were in high school, probably even less thought. But the point is, within the guided chaos system, we're focused only on training people as best we can to move in the bodies that they already have to be able to fight at a level, in many cases, well above what they're normally thinking they're capable of. And like you you know, alluded to, you know, when I first started doing the art, you know, the first time I was brought in a good friend of mine who was, you know, a phenomenal Goju Ru practitioner, he brings me in and all I know is I got to beat up by two housewives and a fat guy. So I figured, well, you know, there's got to be something to this because what happened shouldn't have happened, especially getting hit by women at will, literally, or even getting hit by, you know, Grandmaster Perkins where, Anything I tried to do with all my athletic moves just had no effect on him. But yet he could not only hit me at will, but I could feel the penetrating force that he was hitting with. That's kind of like almost like when I played football, you know, when you got blindsided by a shot. You know, that's kind of the jolting feeling that I got into my body. So I knew I had a choice. I could either walk away from it and think it was nonsense and go back to what I was doing, or I could at least investigate and figure out what was going on. Because, like I said, what happened to me shouldn't have happened, yet it did. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of traditional martial arts systems um, are a very static environment. You know, it's like you have your you have your stance, you're solid in your stance, you're using that stance to drive power and deliver power into an attacker. That's also relatively static as well. But even even when um, 
even with sparring, it's usually done in a very controlled environment. And those are all the things that go out the window when it comes to a real street attack, right? Like, so if you're used to training di- like statically, well, there's movement in a real fight. And, and I guess we can liken it also to, we talk about the shortcomings of firearms training, right? Like if people, people naturally think going down to the range and shooting live fire and you have your lane and you have your stance and you have your target and your target's not moving and it's two dimensional. And so, we build up those those habits, those those techniques based upon an unrealistic environment for what you might have to fight in. So I like I mean, I think the name of the system, Guided Chaos, seems to really say a lot to it because fights are chaotic. And how do you guide that energy, especially, you know, your own energy that you have the control over to be able to do that? So it's real interesting. I think people are going to get a lot out of this. Now, one of the things out the the one of the things that you you have is kind of like the hallmarks or the cornerstones of guided chaos is being able to um the way that you put it like feel and anticipate your attacker's motion so that you can sense his openings you can you can know where your your next ability to attack is and this sounds almost like superhero like right like you got the superpower you can slow things down and and you can find their openings and be able to strike them at will but I think you were on the other end of that by getting struck at will. What I'd like to do is get, like, how can you explain how to do this? How can you sense this other person's movement um, in the dynamic, you know, environment of a, of a fight? Yeah, so this is one of the things that I spend a lot of time talking about in our classes to get people to understand because they feel me do something or they see the grandmaster do something or some of the other instructors do things to them, and they want to know how are they doing it. So I alluded to proprioception early on, you know, and that's our ability to know where we are with all our body parts in time and space. But the other part of that is you can actually feel where other people are in relation to your body as well. Um, a good example of proprioception is, you know, you're sitting in your car driving in traffic. Now, you can't see the outside of the car, but you know where all the parameters are. You know, you're not hitting stuff. You know, you, you sense where all the parameters are. You can even feel when another person's getting ready to cut you off, and in the same way you drive your car, you, you're kind of anticipating constantly. You see, our brains are always anticipating. You cannot not anticipate. And so with that understanding, once you start moving the way we teach people to move through exercises that we call contact flow, what starts to happen is you start learning how to deal with another person's motion and, you know, I don't like always to use the word pattern, um, so I'll explain the difference between pattern movement as we define it versus what most people may think. When we're talking patterned movement, we're talking like what you see in traditional martial arts, like what you alluded to, you know. A guy throws a punch here, you block there. You know, you stand like this, and you wait for the guy to do something, and then you go ahead and you throw the kick or the corresponding move. What we're talking about in terms of feeling and sensing things is, you know, the human body is the human body is the human body. And the human body, the way it moves, there are certain ways in which our bodies move and can only move. And so as you're working with another person, you start learning to feel the differences in how their body is moving. And you already kind of know if they're moving a certain way, you know, kind of where the future is, so to speak. You know, it's kind of like the great Gretzky used to have a saying. And they asked him about what makes a good hockey player versus a great hockey player. And he said, a good hockey player plays where the puck is. A great hockey player plays where he knows the puck is going to be. And it's the same thing. We do this more than we think. A lot of your best martial artists, no matter what they may think, 
what's really going on and what gives them their edge. It's not that they're just faster or they're, they're more talented. They have the ability to sense what other people are doing, and they're already moving to the place they know they need to be to cut off that other person's movement because their proprioception has been developed to that point where they can do that. Hmm. So we focus on, in order to help people do that, a set of principles, right? Because everybody teaches punches, blocks, kicks. I mean, we teach this stuff. We teach people how to strike. We teach people how to kick. You know, we teach palm strikes. Everybody teaches that. You got to teach those things because those things are a part of fighting. But how do you make it work when you need to make it work under dynamic conditions? And so we focus on principles of balance because you got to have your balance. Without balance, you can't control your body. Principles of looseness or as I like to define it as subtle muscle control where you're able to control your body because the more control and coordination you have, the easier it is for you to do whatever it is you need to do. Sensitivity, we focus on both kinesthetic awareness or sense of touch. And we also focus on what we could define as spatial awareness. There's a technical word for it called proximity. You know, we don't fully understand it. Um, I don't try to get too much into the science because then my head starts hurting and starts seeing smoke coming out of my ears. But proximity, or what we call spatial awareness, is that ability that we all have where, you know, you're kind of walking through traffic or you're walking through a crowd and there's like people all around you. You know, of course, half of them are looking at their phones, right? But like nobody runs into each other because you can just sense when people are around you. So we're already born with these skills. The problem is, unfortunately, most martial arts systems actually train people away from what they were born to be able to do. And so through these principles, we get people back to that. The culmination of those three principles of balance, looseness and sensitivity working together because they work together all the time creates what we call body unity. And you can kind of define body unity as a super principle because it encompasses all those things. And then the last principle is anything goes, total adaptivity, freedom of action. In other words, my philosophy is always, as long as it's within the laws of physics and human physiology, don't ever let anybody tell you what you can't do. And so by training people in this fashion, and of course through a series of exercises to help develop the attributes, you know, exercises for balance, Exercises for looseness, exercises to help you sharpen your natural sensitivity that you're born with, exercises to teach you how to move in a coordinated manner with your body, and then kind of through contact flow, as we call the exercise or combat flow, allowing some free play where you kind of mix it up with people at various speeds. What starts to happen is as long as you allow people that freedom and work those principles simultaneously, People just start doing this stuff. I mean, we have students. It's crazy. I have students. I do a workshop down in Philadelphia every couple of weeks. The youngest people in the room are people my age, and I'm in my 50s now. And I have people who are in their 70s and 60s, and it's crazy because they move like kids. And a lot of it is because they've learned how to move better in their bodies, and they're not trying to struggle through or muscle through it, as we used to say in the Marine Corps but they're actually moving in a more natural uh, way. And that's the other thing we try to do. focus on natural movement because the more natural the movement, the harder it is to deal with it. The more unnatural the movement, the harder it is for you to make it work because you're doing something against the way your body is designed to work in the first place. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's a common question that we get about people with limited mobility. In fact, that's the, that's a great lead in for one of the next questions that I have for you actually. So, um, so listen, everybody, we've been talking with Lieutenant Colonel Al Rindauer of GuidedChaos.com about how to generate 
explosive combative strikes against the violent attacker in a real fight, and we have a lot more coming up for you, including my question on how to master combat mobility, even if you can't touch your toes, or hell, even if you can't see your toes. Um, specific guided chaos strategies that will make a larger attacker's size and strength their own downfall, and how to train realistically for the dynamics of a real street fight, even if you've never been in a fight in your entire life. Now, all that and more is coming right up, but first, check out this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350 pound biker dude, rage in his eyes, ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do? Without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Lieutenant Colonel Al Rittenauer of GuidedChaos.com, talking about specific tactics that you can use to own the offense in a violent attack and generate explosive combative strikes that will end any fight in seconds. And we have a lot more to get into, so let's go ahead and jump back into our interview now. Now, Al, one of the things that you claim is that this system works well for smaller people, women, older people, um, but somebody watching your videos, and I highly recommend everybody just go over to your website over at guidedchaos.com. Listen, everybody, and check out some of the videos that are there because you can see how unique and different this type of fighting system is. But honestly, with an honest evaluation, looking at those videos, it might be very off-putting to somebody who maybe does have limited mobility because, you know, you're in a lot of – Al, you're in a lot of those videos, and you are – soldier, commander, you know, combat veteran, and you're in great shape and you're, you look young. You're probably not, you're probably not as young. It's like, I'm, I think you and I are probably around the same, the same age, but nonetheless, getting older, limited mobility is a big thing that we all deal with, especially people that are, are listening out here in our audience. And so it's kind of like, it might be like, well, there's no way that I can do this because some of the videos that you show do involve a lot of movement, a lot of athleticism. And so with a system that really gears itself toward helping the smaller person be able to fight in the dynamics of a real street fight, like what are some of like, how can, what can someone with limited mobility or maybe they're larger, like maybe they're overweight, um, maybe they have, they're older. What can they take away from the guided chaos fighting system that will help them to unleash guided chaos on an attacker? 
Okay, so because that's a loaded question, uh, but it's one that I, I always get because, like you said, we make we make some in some cases people think outlandish claims, and you know one of the things that you know we're working on, you know, is yes, I'm in a lot of the videos, and unfortunately, you know, because people see me in a lot of the videos or they see you know some of the other masters in the videos, it, it may be like you said off-putting. Because of the fact that, you know, a person may look at, say, myself and Master Watson fighting, and it's like, there's no way I can move like that. Look at these guys. You know, they're in great shape. they got size. They're athletic, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is we're actually able to move as that fast and under control because of the principle. So I'll look at it like this. If you're a smaller person or if you feel that, you know, maybe you're not as athletic as you used to be because we're all getting older, you know, I played football from when I was eight years old through college and then, you know, 28 years in the Marine Corps. So my knees aren't what they used to be. Um, but what I can tell people is that because we train you to only do what you can do within your body, what starts to happen is you start developing techniques and strategies, if you will, to not ever get yourself in a situation where, you know, for example, we've had people who've had, you know, bad knees, bad legs, whatever the case may be from previous injuries, you know, you 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 may have a bad leg, but if a person, say, has a gun, for example, I'm in the same boat you're in, you know, because I'm not out running a bullet either. So let's take that off the table. But, okay, so what if I'm in the middle of a fight and I injure my leg? Because it could happen. Well, I still got to fight. Just because you have a bad leg, they still got to get close to you if they're going to do something to you. So you need to have the ability to be able to negate whatever they're going to do, but you got to do it within your own body. We train people in a concept that we call your sphere of influence. So your sphere of influence is as far as you can strike with your hands and feet in any direction. And so what happens is through the principles, you start learning to hit with power in almost any direction. The other thing that we also teach is a thing we call drop striking, or we sometimes refer to it as the Dempsey strike after the legendary boxer jab Dempsey. And what we found is, when people gain their balance and learn how to drop strike, they can hit with power whether the person is behind them, whether the person is in front of them, whether the person is to the side of them. And they start realizing that if a person is trying to get around me, but I know how to kick well from behind, he's still on the outside of my circle. He can't move fast enough before I can hit him. If a person is trying to run around me and I'm throwing a chop to the side or behind me, as long as I can rotate my body well enough within the natural range of motion, they cannot move fast enough to what I'm doing because they're on the outer part of that circle. Yeah, the other thing I'll I'll say just from from going you know going through your system um, some is that you have very simple movements. So one, you focus in on natural movements of the body, so it's nothing weird or complicated that they have to master. They're natural movements, but the exercises that you put them through, it's almost I, I liken it to kind of like the Karate Kid, like the you know wax on wax off you have these exercises that people do that are simple natural movements anybody can do them of any age they're easy for even for people with limited mobility those form the principles that when you apply that in the dynamics of of a real fight they they have a like you're you basically don't realize you're mastering this ability to maintain better balance have more power in your strikes and things like that and so um so that's something that people really need to um, they need to experience with your system and just see how simple it is in that basic framework to be able to move up to to master this. Now, on the same note, Al, you know, it's obviously more of a challenge for smaller people when they're going up against a larger, stronger attacker. 
And being able, and most, most people, when they think about facing a, a larger attacker, they think there's no way my strikes are going to do anything. They're just going to bounce off of this person. But your system, the guided chaos system really does focus in on delivering, um, explosive, penetrating power into strikes, even if you're up against somebody bigger and stronger. So if you can, what are, what tips do you have for, for delivering power for somebody that is facing somebody who's twice their, twice their size and strength? Yeah, sure. Because again, we have a few students who are much bigger than I, believe it or not. And so I'm at the same disadvantage as anyone else dealing with somebody who's bigger and stronger. Our advice always is to go after the more vulnerable areas if possible, you know, going for the throat, going for the eyes, going for the neck, um, going for the side of the head just below, you know, the ear and the maxillary hinge, you know, going for the temple. You know, really trying to focus on hitting kind of those target areas. I mean, anybody who's done martial arts, they kind of know the target areas, you know, striking with a palm strike underneath the chin, chopping to the throat, those things of that nature, and really concentrating on getting good at hitting those areas. As far as the body is concerned, sure, you know, the groin strike, it's, it's a great strike if the guy's not already pissed off at you. But as you know, and I know, almost any man has like a sixth sense to protect their balls. I mean, it's just the way it is. You know, you only need to get hit there once where you say, okay, that's not going to happen again. Um, but also, you know, going for the knees, if you got a kick, you know, keeping all your kicks low, you know, from, I we usually kick from, you know, the waist down. I try to aim more for the knees, more for the shins, things of that nature, and the insides of the legs, if possible. And then, of course, in the torso, aiming for the solar plexus, you know, aiming for, you know, the uh, floating ribs where a lot of the organs are, things of that nature. But also, you want to strike for effect. So it's not enough to just hit people hard. You know, most people, when they throw a punch or a strike, you know, they're trying to swing with all their might. And that's fine. You want to do that. But most people throw strikes. It's kind of like a fire and forget weapon. It's kind of like the bullets out of the gun, wherever it's going to go is the last place, you know, wherever you pointed it. You want to think of your arms also like the guided missile, but also when you strike, you want to strike for feel. So the good thing about the human body is the tissue is actually different in different spots in the body. So this is why the contact flow exercise is so crucial because we do hit each other. Now, we're not hitting full tilt because you, know, you start hitting people in the throat full tilt. You know, you're not going to have school. This is stupid. But we get used to touching people in places that people really cannot afford to get hit in. And you start learning, believe it or not, how to strike the tissue different ways simply because it feels different. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, you, you mentioned before a little bit about like um, Dempsey and how um, he was able to deliver a great amount of power in a very short distance. And, and I know that turned into in your system, the drop step. Can you explain a little bit about how that generates explosive power for somebody, especially if they're, if they're smaller up against somebody that's a larger attacker? Sure. So what Dempsey found when he used to do what, you know, we later referred to as the Dempsey drop, he just called it a drop step. He found that as he stepped forward to throw his jab, if he dropped his weight into it, but here's the key, because most people mess this up. When he dropped his weight into a strike, he dropped his weight straight down. He didn't extend his arm out of sync with what his body was doing. And he wasn't just lunging forward as a lot of people who tried to copy the movement that we teach instead of just asking us how we do it because we teach him. And so what he found was he got a lot of power out of that. Well, over time, later on in like the 1950s, he wrote a book called Championship Boxing, 
and kind of the subtitle was, you know, great punchers are made, not born. And so one of the things he found with the drop strike is when you drop your weight because of inertia, the ground pushes back with equal force. Now, back in the 50s, they didn't have the science that we have today, but what happens is there's this plyometric type of effect that takes place where there's a deceleration and there's an acceleration in the muscles as the body attempts to stabilize itself from all that force from the drop as the ground pushes back with equal force. And that if you time it right, you can actually channel a lot of that force. So when you're throwing the punch, it's really about the timing of channeling that energy or that wave of energy, as some people have put it, coming back up from the ground as you strike people. And so it creates the illusion as if you're only moving maybe a few inches, but you're penetrating with tremendous force. If you watch a good boxer and you watch him throw a jab, because there are some people who say, well, you know, you want to lead with your jab, but your power punches, you know, your, your backhand. But you and I have seen guys knock people unconscious with jabs. And that's because when a guy's throwing a jab, if he's throwing it right, he's actually dropping into it a little bit. And so there's tremendous force, but to your eye, it doesn't look like there's a lot of force. So, you know, this mystical thing that everybody talks about in martial arts, chi, ki, and all this stuff, you know, there's really a scientific basis in terms of physics behind it. It's not the mystical touch or death touch or, you know, kill bill, you know, the five finger death touch or whatever they called it. It's a matter of me timing the strike at the right moment as I'm dropping my weight suddenly, catching the plyometric effect and the effect of the ground pushing back with equal force and timing it right so that the energy travels through and I hit the person at the right moment. So that when you do hit with a fist or with a palm strike or whatever you're going to hit with, it's almost like you're hitting people with like a sledgehammer or like an anvil. You know, Al, this is such a it's just such a unique fighting system. Um, it helps to give people some sort of like a, a sense of early accomplishment, right? Like they can like they know that this is something that that can actually work for them. Now, one of the, the things is that on your website you do have like a free DVD that you send out to people that does talk more about the system, why it works so well. Um, how it can be used for, for how anybody can use this to defend themselves in a violent street attack. So, um, but is there anything that you can do right now, like something that you can offer people maybe in a training exercise or a drill or some, some sort of technique that will help people to understand how the dynamics of guided chaos can really uh, um, help them defend themselves? Is there anything that they can do right now? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll offer is, I mean, they can go on, again, the website, they sign up for membership, and what happens is they'll get the free, uh, it's like a half-hour DVD. It'll actually, it's a download. They can download that where they actually, we're teaching, you know, 10 different things that we teach. The most important thing, obviously, we talk about is developing their balance, of course, but one of the things I always recommend to people is is learning how to strike with their body in sync with what they're doing with their hands. And one way they can do it, is the opposite of what everybody thinks, and that is a thing that we call, you know, slow striking. So, for example, say you're doing chops, or you're doing palm strikes, or you're doing punches, whatever you're doing, or kicks. And what you want to do is you want to throw the strikes smooth as smooth as possible, not extending the arm all the way, just like, you know, you're taught, you know, no more than 90%. And as you're moving in any direction, you want to try to move at first at the same speed. 
that what happens in the beginning is you're going to start feeling jerkiness, and that's okay. That's basically your body, you know, it's developed a certain neural pathway development. That's basically your body's kind of struggling to kind of fill in the gaps, so to speak. But what happens is you start practicing slow, whether it's chops, whether it's uh, punches, whatever the case may be, but you move consistently. You don't stop moving. You don't stop and try to figure everything out. You just keep doing it and doing it and doing it, trying not to lean. Don't even worry about hitting anything. Just keep moving like that. Then you start stepping in different directions, doing the same strikes, turning your body, hitting in different directions, and only moving within the natural range of motion of what you can do. You know, we like to call this strike school, just teaching people just how to move and strike. What starts to happen is the more you do that, the easier it gets. And all of a sudden, believe it or not, your body just starts creating stuff. And that's where I tell people to be creative with it. Roll the hands forward like a speed bag. Roll them backwards like a speed bag. You know, um, chop, you know, one direction, strike in another. You know, punch in one direction, chop in another. Then start doing strikes where you're chopping and striking in different directions simultaneously with both hands. What you're doing now is all the strikes that you already know how to do if you do martial arts, you're now starting to train yourself to throw those strikes in any possible position. Yeah, I love it. And this makes total sense out, as a as an alternative from maybe a tr- more traditional martial arts technique where they're trying to teach people multiple t- different types of strikes where it's like, okay, the next sequence we're going to do is, you know, jab, cross, elbow, roundhouse, or, or something along those lines where you're learning these, these sure. sequences. But what I like about what you're saying, like I can almost imagine like a Bob training dummy or a heavy bag there and just simply using whatever strikes – seem to be natural to be able to throw from whatever position that you're in doing it slowly really helps you to kind of all the things that you talked about today with, with movement and balance and um, strike selection and generating power um, that slow movement and being able to move around a, a bag or a Bob training dummy, understanding your space in, in, in relation to them, just that slow movement is, is really helpful. Whether or not, you know, a whole arsenal of strikes or not. Um, I, I love it. It's, it's a great drill that anybody can do that does help to simulate and master your, your own body's movement in relation to somebody in the dynamics of a real street fight. So that's, that's awesome. Um, listen, everybody, as you can tell, this is, um, this is a unique fighting system out there. Um, I hope we've generated enough interest here. Um, I definitely want you to go over and check out the website over at www.guidedchaos.com. Um, you can go ahead and get a free uh, video download there that that shows this stuff more. And even if it's just to kind of get more of the dynamics of the movement um, for your own, whatever you're going to add to your own personal defense system, um, start there. Go ahead and get signed up. Go ahead and grab that that video. See how you can apply it to your own personal plan. And um, I think you're going to really love uh, what you see over there. So go check it out over at www.guidedchaos.com. And until our next Modern Combat Survival Broadcast, This is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. 
This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>